G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I had no idea why they used crystals or what psychics did or what mediums did. I started to learn about what their way of living looked like before they were interested or found Jesus. It honestly astounds me how many are coming to seek Jesus and seek the truth. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, during the COVID lockdowns, Pastor Bianca Serratore decided to try something different and began using social media to do ministry. She soon found that people who had previously been in the New Age movement began contacting her. More and more of them were coming to her and she eventually began hosting discipleship courses every three months to keep up with the demand. What has led to the rise in interest in Christianity from people formerly in the New Age movement? We'll find out as Pastor Bianca Serratore shares her story. She's joining us from the Gold Coast and is having a chat with Eric Scatterbo. Bianca, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you with us. And uh, before we get started hearing your story and this fascinating new movement of people coming to the Lord formerly from the New Age Movement. We want to get to all that. But first, I have a question for you. Is it true that you're sometimes referred to as the barefoot pastor? Yes, that is true. That I did not come up with that name. That was a name that was (laughs) given to me because I tend to take off my shoes in the middle of service. Oh, in the middle of your preaching? Yes. And now why is that? You just want to be comfortable? Maybe, maybe it's more of a Joshua situation. I'm on holy ground, so I feel the need for the shoes to come off. Yeah, it's just something that I started to do, and without even realizing it, people started to call me the barefoot pastor. Okay, so that tells us that, you know, you're a little bit off the beaten path, a little unorthodox, is that right? I am, yes, I would definitely say that. And maybe the Lord needed somebody a little unorthodox to reach unorthodox people? Amen. Absolutely. I think that's why he chose me. The barefoot pastor. Okay. So (laughs) now everybody's going to scramble on YouTube to find all these videos of you and your bare feet (laughs) 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 preaching sermons. But a certain number of people would be attracted to somebody who's a little bit, you know, different, a little off the beaten path. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that's what God is doing at the moment in this time is drawing people in. Because we're a little bit different, a little bit unorthodox. Oh, good on you. Good on you. Well, we're going to get to all that. Let's find out where it all started. Where were you born and raised? So I was born in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. Well, actually, my parents um, were radically saved because I was unwell as a baby from Mm -hmm. about the age of six months, having um, seizures and convulsions that were Mm -hmm. undiagnosed. Doctors didn't know what was wrong. And my dad cried out to God in this time, didn't know where else to turn, um, wasn't raised in a Christian home or anything like that, and prayed for my healing. And in that same time, decided to pick up the Bible and read it. And he began to read the Word of God from cover to cover. And during that process, um, I was radically healed of whatever condition it was. 
and my parents came to Jesus. Wow. So no church background at all? They were not, I would say, a nominal Catholic mm-hmm. background, okay. but um, weren't regular attenders of church or anything like that for a long time. And what was home life like for you after that? So after that, my dad was um, passionately um, involved in ministry. His life was radically changed mm-hmm. and he felt the call to ministry quite early. So we were raised in the church. We were raised with home groups, often at our house. Um, we were raised to pray together. And yeah, that was my upbringing to really know the Lord from a really young age. And were you okay with that or did you rebel? Um, I was okay with it. I, I, you know, and it was, I, you know, I loved God from a really early age. I remember inviting Jesus into my heart, I think about the age of six mm. and then um, having my first encounter with God and it really solidifying who he was in my life at about the age of 12. And that was, you know, through church, through going to a youth camp. Mm-hmm. So it was it was an awesome upbringing. I mean, I, and it's the right way we raise our children now to really know God from a young age, to have their own relationship, to mm-hmm. build a prayer life, to know the word. So things are going well. Then what happened next in your life, in your journey? Yeah. So as I said, I was 12, went to a youth camp, was pretty much dragged along by my youth leaders at the time because I was quite a shy 12-year-old, quite a shy teenager. Is that right? Yes, very. Okay. Didn't, you, yeah, you've broken you out of your shell over the thing. years. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I would say that that's the Holy Spirit. That's God because I was incredibly shy. didn't like to be around a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I had some great youth leaders. So thankful for youth leaders and mm-hmm. youth pastors who do that. Um, and they convinced me to go to a youth camp. And I remember being in worship one night after the message and really encountering that God was real, knowing that he was real, knowing that he knew me by name. And I think my life changed after Mm -hmm. that when I had that experience or that encounter. And so I really began on a path of getting to know him for myself. Mm -hmm. And then um, I probably got to the age of 16 and my dad brought me along on a missions trip. And anyone who's been on a missions trip will know that it does change your life. Mm -hmm. When you go overseas, Mm -hmm. we were in um, a remote village in Vanuatu on Tana Island and um, ministering to the people there. And you, you are so blessed when you go on these trips, you go there to bless people, but you in return become so blessed just from what you receive. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, of course, overseas, it's poor countries and you see they're quite happy and they have strong relationships without material things. So that impacts you as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think experiencing that as a teenager, I was quite lucky because, you know, not many teens or, you know, get that kind of experience to Mm -hmm. go to a different culture, to see a completely different way of life. You know, the churches didn't have floors. They were (laughs) often dirt floors. Some of them didn't have roofs. Just curious to know, were any of them barefoot? Yeah, all of them were barefoot. Maybe that's maybe oh. that's where it all began. Oh, now now it's becoming clear. <laughs> that makes total sense. Okay, now I understand. Yeah. So Vanuatu, so that made quite an impression on you. It did, and um, that's when I felt that deep call to ministry mm-hmm. and to spend my life ministering and preaching and teaching and whatever it looked like. It didn't really matter to me. I just knew 
that God had called me to share the gospel and to be a part of whatever, yeah, whatever he needed me to do. Okay, then what happened in your life? You're you're knowing that you're going to be in ministry. Yes. So I didn't take too long before I finished school and went straight into Bible college mm -hmm. and started to study. And I guess during that time, also just cementing my faith and going through just questions and deep things that you go through when you're, you know, a young adult. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I finished Bible college, was working in a church, but still had questions, still had thoughts, and there were still other elements of my life that I needed to work out. So mm -hmm. I actually ended up um, rebelling a little bit in my late teens, early 20s. Um, and what, what going, did that look like? I, I stopped going to church at the time. Um, after out Bible school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I got quite burnt out. Mm, I think okay. that that's what it was in the mm. end. I think I was burnt out. I think that I probably didn't have the maybe the wisdom or the spiritual maturity to to go the distance. And, um, yeah, at the time there was just a few things in my life that were making me question if that's really what I wanted to do. And other friends were going to university and all of these different mm -hmm. things were happening around me. So I ended up just walking away from ministry for a really short time, but walking away from ministry and studying and going into university. And I think that's when I started my maybe rebellion started. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it wasn't a long rebellion. Um, about six months into going and trying to live my own way, I met my husband, well, my now husband, mm -hmm. and he wasn't saved, but um, I was so deeply convicted when I met him um, about my lifestyle and about God and about him knowing Jesus that I actually brought him to the Lord and came back to church. So we ended up coming oh. back to church together and, yeah. So, so I'm just trying to put myself in his position. He meets this young lady yeah. Yeah. who is really religious. I mean, that's how a non-Christian would look at it. But he wasn't put off by that. He wanted to know more. What happened? No. So, well, we met each other actually in Thailand on a bit of a party holiday. That's oh. th Yep. So I went overseas. So it was not a friends. missions trip. <laughs> it was not a missions trip. That was in my, my, my state of rebellion, but mm -hmm. it's amazing what God does and his grace that mm -hmm. meets us in those moments. And when I met him, I knew that there was something different about him. And um, I was just so deeply convicted of the way I was living and that I wanted to get my life right. And I mm -hmm. knew God and I and I loved God and I wanted to get back to, to God. And when I met him, I remember telling him right away, I'm actually a Christian. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't turned off in the slightest. He thought, okay, well, I'm interested in knowing more about this and began oh, okay. to come to church with me when we, when we got back to Australia and started um yeah coming to church with me and hearing more about god and eventually came to jesus and started his own journey of faith not long after wow fantastic of course as a pastor i'm pretty sure you don't recommend what they call missionary dating no flirt to convert i always tell oh, people okay. <laughs> it didn't work it, it might have worked for me but it definitely do not recommend uh right yeah, right and, and we should say that you went on to be a youth pastor so you have actually given advice in this area so Absolutely. don't do what i do do as i say or <laughs> <laughs> no learn from my experience it wasn't always an easy road and yeah. um you know if i hadn't 
you know, I'm glad that God kept me and his grace covered mm-hmm. me, but, you know, I'm glad I came back and then we're both serving the Lord together. So that means more than anything. And your husband's name? Anthony. Anthony. So he was obviously spiritually hungry. And yes. so he was open to hear what this young Christian lady had to say, it sounds like. And now he's on his own journey and he's now a pastor. Yeah. So I think it was just the right place at the right time when we met. And he had some Christian friends in university mm-hmm. who he said he he always noticed something different about them. Mm-hmm. And so he was never closed off to to God or church or anything like that. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Pastor Bianca Serratore, who's sometimes referred to as the Barefoot Pastor. She's sharing her life journey and how she eventually goes on to minister to people who had been involved in the New Age movement. We'll hear more of Bianca's story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're back with more of Pastor Bianca Serratore sharing her life journey. She's joining us from the Gold Coast. Before the break, we heard how Bianca met her future husband, Anthony. Now we'll hear what happened next in her life as she continues her chat with Eric Scadabo. So you eventually married. Yep. After you're both Christians at that point. Yeah. And did he want to get involved in ministry? Yeah, I think he was probably a little bit of, he was slower to get involved in ministry than I was. We started to minister together. After I got married, we actually became the young adults pastors of our church. Prior to that, I was um, a youth pastor. Um, But when we got married, we decided that we would minister together. And so that's when it started. Our ministry journey together began. Okay, but let's go back to your parents' church. You were involved in your parents' church for a while. Is that right? Yeah, so right after I met Anthony and he was saved, my parents planted a church. So Where was that? In Sydney. Mm-hmm. So they planted and obviously being involved in a new church plant, you kind of you put your you just put your hands to the plow, you get involved in every area. So I was leading the youth, but I was also, you know, cleaning toilets and doing the oh, wow. song lyric overhead and whatever Everything. else was needed. Putting out chairs on a Sunday you know, anyone who's been a part of church plants or pioneering knows yeah. that you there's so many you different aspects everything. involved. You just do it all. Yeah. And so that was also his introduction, my husband's introduction to Christianity, to church life was yeah. being so deeply involved from in, in ministry early on. So that's how our journey together began. So that was um, in 2009. So we were mm-hmm. dating during that time. And then, yeah, I was just working in ministry, began to, again, re- nurture that passion for for the kingdom of God, for ministry, for preaching the gospel in those early years. And, and, and we got married. Yep. And as you mentioned, you were a youth pastor at that time. And I was a youth pastor okay. at that time up until the point I got married in 2012. Um, I 
I had gone to university, so I was working as well as ministering. So I was um, a trained journalist working in media and public relations as well as ministry on the weekend. Oh, okay. So as we were eventually going to hear about social media and communications, that is something that you were familiar with. Absolutely. Yeah. It was probably something I think when you work in it, you're sometimes reluctant to bring it into your outside life. But yeah, eventually, yeah, did realize that all of this knowledge and experience that I had in in the media world, well, actually, we could use it for the kingdom. Yeah, I'm just curious to know, you knew you wanted to be in ministry, you went to Bible Mm -hmm. school, but why journalism in, in that? That was in that period where I thought, well, everybody else is going to university. Oh. What what am I interested in? I had always loved to write mm-hmm. and to speak and just naturally went into that communication space. And Even um, though that is working. not something that you typically think of as preparation for ministry. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Except for writing the church bulletin, maybe. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it has come. It's definitely come in handy. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, yeah, I mean, I thought I'm not going to do ministry. When I went to uni, I thought I'm, I, I think I'm done with ministry. Mm-hmm. That's too hard. That's a really difficult challenge. I'm not sure I'm up for that and started to, to work in the workforce and in, in the media world. So let me see if I have this right. So at 16, you knew for sure you wanted to yeah. do ministry. And then by 19 or 20, no, nah, it's not for me. Yeah. And I think because it is hard. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't talk about it, but especially as a young um, teenage girl or a young woman, Mm -hmm. um, there were just so many challenges and I probably didn't at the time have a lot of mentors or people to walk me through the challenges of what what ministry looked like, of um, having boundaries in place, of burnout, all Mm -hmm. of these things that come up. It, it is. It's difficult leading people. It's not easy, and so I, I think I got burnt out mm. and took a step back and thought that's not for me. So you got into journalism, but as we will hear, that was perfect preparation for the type of ministry you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. God uses everything. Nothing is wasted with Him. Okay, so you were married in 2012. Yeah and then continuing to minister in church, and then eventually you decided to do something different. Yeah, so was continuing to minister in church that whole time. Um, eventually left the workforce to focus on full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And then, in yeah, I guess around 2020 when lockdown happened, um, we were noticing immense fruit in the church at the time, lots of growth, lots of people coming to Jesus, just through outreach ministry and different things like that, lots of um, young women coming to the Lord. Mm. And then COVID happened and everything shut down. And I thought, how do we minister and how do we reach these people? Because the hunger hasn't changed Mm -hmm. for the things of God, for the kingdom, for real discipleship. How do we keep this going? And that's when online discipleship school um, and online discipleship school we wrote began. And also I started ministering on social media. So how did that work? I mean, you just make a video or something? What, what did you do? Yeah, I just started making videos. I just jumped on Instagram Lives and began to make videos or Facebook Lives and began to make videos. And I think because there was so much going on in the world at the time and 
you know, people were in their home, they were on their phones mm-hmm. and on their computers a lot, and people had questions. Mm-hmm. It was a scary time. It was an uncertain time. People weren't sure what the truth was, what was happening, and they were seeking. Non-Christians and Christians alike were seeking. They were wondering, there's got to be more to this. There's something deeper. And the uncertainty, I think, just led to a hunger for for truth, for more um, discipleship, for uh, more things, really more kingdom things online. Hmm. And then you notice that some were coming to you with questions who previously had a new age background. Tell us about yeah. that. So it was um, one or two people to begin with, and I thought, this is really interesting, uh, who had a background in New Age. I should say, before we get into that, did you know anything about New Age and all that kind of stuff? Not at all. I didn't know anything about the New Age. Um, I guess I've always been a little bit offbeat myself, and I guess you could say (laughs) that these people are a little bit offbeat. And so, oh, perfect match. <laughs> it really, it really, it really was. I mean, something about maybe the way I looked or the color of my hair. For some reason, drawn, for some and they, reason, they couldn't see your bare feet uh, on the video. They couldn't even see my bare feet. <laughs> no. But for some reason, they felt comfortable asking you their questions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was just unafraid at the time to really just um, share share the gospel, share Jesus. And there was something about that they liked because they were seeking mm-hmm. something real. Mm-hmm. They were seeking truth. They were seeking depth. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started to notice one or two had come from this, this new age spiritualism. Um, for some, it was, you know, very deep into it uh, mm-hmm. where they would see psychics regularly, mediums, oh, wow. visit, uh, you know, Reiki, uh, could be anything from yoga, whatever it might have been, but some of them were just maybe dabbling in meditation or mm. or different modalities. Um, but I started to notice that, hey, I, I'm um, I'm in the new age, but I just watched a video about Jesus, or I've just heard a sermon about Jesus, or I've just heard a testimony. And so I should say that at that time, there were actually quite a few testimony videos popping up online of people coming out of New Age spiritualism and into Christianity. Oh, okay. Now, we should probably pause at this point because not everybody who's listening knows what New Age is. So, it's yes. kind of a blanket term. What would you, how would you describe it? It's kind of hard, but... Yeah, it is hard to define, but it is a philosophy and a way of living, whether they focus on spirituality outside of, obviously, God and the Holy Spirit, but spirituality, uh, self-help, growth through things like meditation, crystals, Mm -hmm. yoga, psychics, mediums, those kinds of things. And I believe a lot of the roots of it come from Eastern mysticism, maybe some uh, Hinduism mixed in there as well. Yes. Yes. A lot of them draw from many different, say, religions. Mm -hmm. So some of them you know, really I will say that they align with like Buddha or some mm-hmm. of them align with Hinduism or Eastern mysticism. So there's they pretty much draw on many different religions, uh, spiritual movements, modalities, mm-hmm. and, and make it their own. 
essentially. And it becomes a way of living, a philosophy, a way of life, like a religion, Mm -hmm. even though they wouldn't like that term at all. But it becomes like a religion. And so they are very open to spiritual things. Absolutely. Very open to spiritual things. And based on your talking to them, many of them are finding that it's not fulfilling. Yes. They realize that it is not fulfilling because Mm -hmm. they end up on really somewhat of a hamster wheel going around and around in circles, trying to chase something, trying to chase some kind of perfection or divine fulfillment that Mm. they can't reach. And they realize they can't reach it until they meet Jesus or until they encounter God or they, until they're introduced to Christianity. But the the real authentic Jesus who's Lord, not just another path to God. Jesus as the way, the Mm -hmm. truth, and the life. And that's when they start to experience real peace because the peace that they might experience for a little while Mm -hmm. in their New Age spiritualism is not lasting peace. It, Mm -hmm. It often fails them, so they need to go after another modality, buy more crystals, do more things. Mm -hmm. But when they meet Jesus and profess him as Lord and Savior as their life, the search really does stop. The Mm -hmm. hamster wheel really does end. And so for many of them, they get to a point where they're just actually so exhausted by the Mm -hmm. searching Mm -hmm. and the doing and the trying to, you know, achieve everything, achieve this high goal that really they can't meet in their own strength. And that's when, when they're introduced to Jesus, they realize they can find lasting peace in him. That was part one of Eric Scanabo's conversation with Pastor Bianca Serratore, who joined us from the Gold Coast, where she and her husband Anthony have planted a church. And as we just heard, more and more people who used to be involved in the New Age movement have begun coming to them, seeking true fulfilment because the New Age philosophy was not satisfying. This reminds me of a famous quote from philosopher and mathematician Blaise Pascal, who said, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of everyone, which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. It's very common that many of us try to fill that God-shaped gap with things that end up causing us to feel even more empty and unhappy. But it's only Jesus that has the ability to fill that gap and bring us lasting fulfilment. Well, we invite you to join us again next time for more of Bianca's story. And she'll also share some stories of people who have come out of the New Age movement. All that and more is coming up next time. Until then, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. It honestly astounds me how many are coming to seek Jesus and seek the truth. And once they do come to the Lord, they are all in. The same way they threw themselves into that new age spiritual lifestyle, they are throwing themselves into the kingdom of God and all that He has. Pastor Bianca Serratore and her husband Anthony planted a church on the Gold Coast and they were amazed to find out that many people who had previously been in the New Age movement began coming to the Lord. We'll hear more of Bianca's story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. 
for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.